Welcome back to the Whispers from the Shadow podcast. I'm Super Jimmy. I'm Miz. I messed up earlier because I forgot to uh, actually record the audio. So that's my fault. Um, yeah, we were just talking about how hiccups happen. <laughs> it sucks, but it happens. Like Miz was going on, an, on on a great tangent, giving a great answer. And I was like sitting there and I looked over and the audio wasn't picking no. up. And I was like, I forgot to unmute us. Which Oops. happens. Which happens. It, it's it's an accident. Um, shit happens. Uh, the thing that we were going to be talking about today was uh, classical horror. Uh, mm-hmm. The foundation of what we have today is how I was saying it. Like it, we, say what you will about horror movies any point in time, but it's like you have to give it to like where it first all originally started because you wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for the beginning. I 100 percent agree. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we're doing is uh, we're going through all of our what would you say social media platforms and answering yeah. some questions yeah that's a good way to put it and the first one was by redfire luna and yes. it was what was the question again um in what world would we want to i've already given my answers on these i'll reiterate my answers from youtube uh after Ms. gives his uh, uh redfire luna's first question is she wants to know in what world would we want to live in horror movies and for me i gave a a little weird like answer in a sense it's like it depends on which ones you like to say for like survivability or like just what would you think would be fun mm-hmm. so on and so forth for me personally i would like to be in the saw world just because i would love to see the ingenuity and what other stories would pop up from like john john's image like again like with spiral the book of saw mm-hmm. i loved how that was like taking what that was and applying it to somewhere else i love that idea so i would love to live into that world to see how many uh would spawn i guess you would say uh yeah from there and if we're gonna say like which one we would not want to live in anything with like zombies or any like (laughs) bacteria stuff like that or fungi or like rage virus like 28 days later and stuff like that for the sole fact of i don't mind survival it's just that like i don't trust people enough so i would be that one hermit person and like probably end up putting a bullet in my head well well before everything else happens and to survive months months down the line <laughs> but um i feel like the saw universe would be fun to live in you, you know i didn't think about the saw universe when when i gave my answer on this one i said any kind of john carpenter zombie movie would be fine by me <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I am a hundred percent good off of that shit. Oops. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, I, like I feel like I do okay in a in a zombie movie. Not not just because like of like my instinct to automatically not trust people I don't know, but because like, hey, zombies would be fun. Like, you know, like. Like, but see, that's the thing is it's, it's always like, again, in video games is like a prime example. It's like, it's always fun. Just like, oh, yeah, these zombies die in one hit, like left or dead. You just shoot them in the head. They're done. Mm-hmm. But when you put the scarcity of ammo, the scarcity of your own sanity and the scarcity of just materials in general, like to sustain for a prolonged period of time, I don't care what fiction you read, what things you watch that would only last for so long unless you literally were able to just start eradicating everything. Not only that, you have to like watch everything. If you, if you have like a snoring person that attracts already a lot right there, because Mm -hmm. like lack of a better way to read it or take it as it is. Like when you think of like zombies, my first reaction is uh, Max Brooks, uh, world war Z, the book and how there's like sub stories from like all of history of quote unquote documented uh, zombie interactions throughout time or stuff like there and you know, it's like uh, it's so hard to really 
<laughs> I didn't yeah, think about I mean, any of that. It's it like, happened. I mean, like, it, it, but see, so this is where we work so well together. Is like we have these difference of opinions or like yeah. same thought processes and stuff. But other than other than other than any kind of John Carpenter zombies movie, I would have to say like anything with kind of like a. Uh, I would say anything with like kind of like a, a, a like a um oh what was the name of that what was the name of that movie where the kids fell in the hole and then they got like telekinetic powers what was that uh was that the covenant no was it the um, covenant would be a good one but you'd have to be born into that to actually have those powers you no, couldn't no, just come um, across what them the hell was that one? I know what you're talking about because uh the like yeah, those all rogue and stuff. Like just yeah. people for the fun of it and stuff. Oh my I'll, god! Um, I'll, I'll Google it so that way we're not racking our brains. No, but it's gonna bother me. Uh, <laughs> the movie where the three, kids fall down a well. <laughs> three. Oh my god! What was that called? Fall in a circus? No hole and get. Superpowers. I see it because I think it has a uh, Harry Osborne actor from the Amazing Spider-Man series in it. I Chronicle. Think. What was it called? Chronicle. Chronicle. Yes. It had the it had the kid that played uh, Osborne, the the guy from the, the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a good, it was it was a good movie. Three high school friends gain superpowers after making an incredible discovery underground. Yeah, Chronicle. Yeah, it came out yeah, in 2012. Yeah. It was, it was, pre- it was pretty. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good movie. Well, I thought the movie was older. Yeah, cool. I thought. I thought. I thought it was like 2010 or between like 2010 and 2008. But yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was like oh nine to like ten something like that. But yeah, like like I, th- I think like a, I think like for me, if I were if I were to change my answer, it'd be something along those lines to where it's like, oh no, I fell into this vat of toxic waste, and now I have actual superpowers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an interesting one. I would see superhero worlds would be I would definitely be a supervillain, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like it for a horror like for a horror movie aspect though, that would be no, like, like uh, um uh what was it what was the name of that movie where the kid had like Superman's powers but he yeah, turned I know. evil. That's something bright something. Right? Yeah. I think it was like Brightfield, right? I was gonna say Brightburn. 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 Yes, I was gonna say Bright Powder, but that's Pokemon. I've been on a Pokemon kick. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I kind of gave a general answer for both of us on this next one, but uh, Luna again asked, "What horror movies do you want to remake?" Did basically like asking us what movies we would want to see remade. Um, I'll give I'll give the the answer it after yours so that's a very very tough question for me because as i've stated through either like through streams or through this i've said i think in last episode and stuff like that i'm not the biggest fan of remakes from 90 percent of them uh and then when they are like what we're talking about today older generation movies bringing them to today's standards i am like usually 90 percent against but there are those gems that do it well or yes a way I never thought of it and like how they adapted it. Evil now, Dead, for example. Set. Invisible Man. Uh, there's so yeah. many more. Like, there's a lot. But yeah. if we're going to go, like, what I would like to see almost verbatim remade, I personally would love to see the original movie Monsters remade as they, not as they were, but like 
that same like pretty much copy paste into today's standards i know it'd be a lot harder with like frankenstein for the sole fact of like having that whole thing but if yeah. you kept like that time period the same but just shot it today standard wise i would enjoy the hell out of those i think interesting fact about that um the mum the mummy movie with tom cruise was actually supposed to start the like, dark universe yes i know and i'm i kind of wish it had about it yeah, I kind of wish it would just to see some of that, but at the same time, I'm very happy it didn't. Mainly because I know Cruz was trying to like control that whole thing, and regardless of how he is with a person or movies and so on, I just mm-hmm. I don't want him to tamper with that stuff personally. Because I mean, the Mummy already didn't do well because of his tampering, so I'm okay yeah. with that not being made. <laughs> yeah, I do like the fact that they that uh, Russell Crowe was a like starring cast member in that. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, because uh, he was supposed to be Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and speaking of Russell Russell Crowe, before I before I give my answer, speaking of Russell Crowe, I've heard a lot of uh, uh, mixture views on sex exorcist. I, yeah. I like. I, I still want to see it. I recommend everybody I go. See it. Yeah, I, like I like. Even if I give my opinion on anything, I recommend everybody go see it. Form your own opinion. I'll just give you tidbits of what I think and what I didn't like personally, and I would expect you know someone to do the same. Miz, Miz does it like all the time like hey I didn't like this part this part and this part but overall There's I love aspects, these parts. yeah yeah and I and I'm kind of the same way but uh I haven't seen it for myself yet which same. I'm I'm going to it it still it still piques my interest but um yeah for <clears throat> for the general answer that I gave for this question uh what horror movie remake would we like to see done I said we both are the any remake of a movie can be good if done right type of mindset but any kind of movie that was recent received poorly would be uh, a good honestly like um like anything that kind of was way overhyped like and when when it came out it was just like what is this bag of ass? yeah yeah and or, i was like you know like you know with some book movies where it's like they yeah. tried to hollywood hollywoodize the book too much and left out the book yeah <laughs> I, example yeah. for me would be like signs of the lambs they only use like half of that book but yeah you get like red dragon and red dragon used the whole book and it's so fucking good yeah like i, I like i'm a big fan of red dragon because they did use the whole book it was it was a good it was a good book it was a, it was a really dry read in my personal opinion because like it's still fantastic to me though like i'm not the dry oh yeah like dry dry reading for the most part but like i i fell in love with that book and then the movie was just done so well it's very yep. very well paced for me yeah I, I enjoyed the hell out of it like oh my only gripe between the book and movie translation was how they described his tattoo in the book versus how versus it appears you got in the movie yeah yeah well, i, I, like, will agree I pictured that. something totally different I just it was just the way they described it. It was just it was get Ralph finds his ass in the shot. Come on. (laughs) Fair, fair. You're like them's his buns of steel. Mm. That man does squats. (laughs) But yeah, I would I would have to say I would love to see, um, you know, like uh, like Sam Raimi get his hands on like uh, what was a movie? What was it? What was a horror movie that just like bombed recently? That was uh, like a lot. I mean, yeah. I could see him doing a very good uh, iteration of like it follows for the most part. Yeah, what it was. Like, I could I could see him throwing in some fun little spooky shit to make it good. I mean, yeah, knowing Sam Raimi, choose, he could enhance it. 
yeah if i'm gonna choose like any specific director to kind of like remake something it'd be too hard because like the the two that i would absolutely love to see do something with would be romero and uh craven but unfortunately r.i.p uh yeah like for me personally it'd be like i would love to see like craven get his hands on um like anything from uh hitchcock or kubrick to be remade personally i feel like he could do exactly i i could see him doing something super subtle like birds or vertigo and bring that horror into like now and then with like romero i would really love to see any of the monster movies specifically from his point of view you know i i would have to agree yeah like like i would like to see sam raimi do like anything that was received poorly or if we could have gotten uh, a couple of the you know romero remakes of monster movies or anything like that and then like we discussed in the last one any of the sequels that never saw the light of day whether it be yeah. pro- production hell or something like that like actors trying to get directors so on and so forth yeah yeah like I, I could see that and then um for luna's last question uh she asked did did you see babadook and we've, uh, we've talked extensively on that movie um it's an okay movie to me uh um, yeah I know a lot of people that absolutely love that movie. Uh, the Babadook is an okay movie to me. Um, I wish I got a little bit more out of it, but same can't really complain about it. I don't think it was terrible by any means. I just didn't mm. think it was great. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the answer that I gave. It was a uh, yes, Miz and uh, uh, yes, Miz and I both have seen it. It was okay. I have a few complaints about it, but it's not bad overall. Like I, like I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just like, there's some you know there's some gripes that i have with it and those are just personal stuff yeah for me it felt like it was missing some things or could have done more or elaborated on more done some things but like i enjoyed the ride i got just i didn't think it was great i just didn't i know it's not terrible it's just not my movie yeah and luna commented and said i hated the ending the rest was fine i i didn't think that I didn't think the ending was the best personally. So I like, I have to agree with her I there. I appreciate the ending for what it was, uh, but I don't think it was terrible. Cause they've done it definitely different. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, again, that movie as a whole to me was like, I'd say a solid six, uh, neither great, no bad. Uh, but I do think it's fair. better than worse. Yeah. That's fair. And then, um, the last question comes to us from Grizz. Uh, a Grizz, uh, but we're going to answer that one at the end of the podcast. End of this. Yes. End it with it. Um, so I will let Miz kick off the uh, classic horror films. And uh, it's uh, basically the topic that we're talking about is classic horror yeah. films revisit some of the most iconic horror films of all time and discuss what makes them timeless and terrifying. So for me, and this is only going to be for me, I will not speak for anybody else, but for me, what makes me love the classic movies a lot more by anything today's standards is the sole fact of like there was a certain love and uh, appreciation for those films. I mean, mm-hmm. you had to, especially in like the 20s and uh, 30s films is like uh, a lot of them, especially in the 20s, like had no real audio. It was card has words on it, but you're seeing the people react and in some senses, like that's where that, that mannequin feeling for a lot of people of like something inanimate moving towards you is terrifying. Is like that subtlety of small things that old silent horror films and like later monster movies is like 
brought to real life for a lot of people in that phobia of just like mm -hmm. what lurks beneath the you know what's underneath your bed what's under here and one of my favorite things about it though with the, the love behind it is that you have like your Lon Chaney senior and junior who consistently brought their own makeups and all their tins and all their stuff to do the makeup themselves then their shoot and consistently change and alter as they go through it is just fantastic and mm -hmm. it makes them classic because of that love now obviously there are some ones that uh are going too far and using too realism and so on and so forth where like they have uh used you know real dead bodies and so on and so forth i mean but that's also like later Older guys i think some yeah let's say like 50s 60s 70s and 80s have like several instances that you can see that in <laughs> yeah because it was it was just 20s. cheaper to use real bodies than than props for some reason yeah or just go grave robbing same thing <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna borrow that corpse when you're done with the funeral yeah you don't mind that right okay cool <laughs> Come here, granddad. I'm saying if you do have a problem with that, don't worry. You'll never know they're missing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just I feel like even it was like fresh ideas as well was like a big thing, too. Like, I mean, you have yeah. um, like the Jekyll and Hyde. You have your monster movies. You have Nosferatu. You have the the cabinet of uh, Dr. Uh, Caligari, uh, Caligari um, cat people in the 60s. Like there's a lot of like. Weird ones out there that just mm -hmm. like freaks. Um, there, there's a lot that's just they tried new ideas and it kind of paved the way for like, hey, they did something like this. What can we do? I mean, like when you think of freaks like circus freaks and so on and so forth and like you could put it into like the hills have eyes or deformity with like Friday the 13th. Like it just brings out those ideas that you see down the line of like where they could have gotten character designs and set pieces and so on and so forth or set up the idea of like the whole final girl or this is what happens when you have premarital sex and all that fun jazz, you know? Like yeah, traps that we have today. I have to agree. My the what what I love about the old school horror movies, like twenties, thirties, fifties, all all the way up to today, even like the quote unquote modern classics, is the fact that like you notice kind of a theme with a lot of the older ones where they were going based off of the old old books and. I'm dyslexic and the way I get over my dyslexia is by reading books and reading stuff just constantly. Like I have to constantly read or else like I start to fall back into that whole, how do I say that word? How do I pronounce that? And it just, it messes me up. And the way that I actually got into reading, believe it or not, was reading the original Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And when I saw the old movie of it, where it was Mary Shelley's Frankenstein done in, I think it was the 60s or 50s. I can't remember. Um, oh, are we talking Boris Karloff one or are we talking? Yes, one of the other? Boris, that, Boris that was Karloff. 31. Okay, I'm sorry. It was 31. <laughs> and and um, when I first saw that, I had like, uh, it, was a collect, it was a collector's tin of DVDs of uh, horror movie classics that had Wolfman, Invisible Man, the thing from the Black Lagoon, the blob, um, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, uh, uh, Nosferatu, and uh, the, the, uh, what, what inspired the Day of the Dead. I can't remember the name of that one. I think it was just the Night of the Living Dead was the name of it. Well, Night of the Dead was nineteen sixty-seven by Romero. Um, before that, there really wasn't too many like zombie-esque movies. That's why he's yeah. been dubbed as the Godfather of Zombies. Yeah, um, I think it was. I think it was Romero's zombies uh, movie, Night of the yeah, Living Dead. I think Dead. that was nineteen sixty-seven. It was like sixty-seven yeah. or sixty-eight. I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't either. But um, I had I had that tin, 
and um, I had I had uh, just started reading Dean Koontz's take on Frankenstein. I had just started uh, getting more into literature versions of like the horror aspect because what I love about the literature aspect of of what inspired you know the movie monsters we have today is that your mind just runs wild. Whereas exactly. in the old classical movies, they bring what everybody thought was like a generalized seven foot. I think it was like seven foot four corpse that had been dug up from 16 or 17 different and graves and reanimated all these different things. And that, that's also the thing, too, that like really shows the, the drastic change, because back then you didn't need a lot to scare people. I mean, no. Dracula with fangs. Boom. That was instantly terrifying, showing stop motion mm-hmm. animation of him transforming into a bat was terrifying the, the little rubber bat on the fishing line <laughs> exactly i mean you even have like you've we've heard like uh, so many movies coming out like oh this movie might need to both send you to the hospital it's like but in 1930s like frankenstein literally did send people to the hospital because mm-hmm. no one has seen stuff like that and it was terrifying for people yeah and like now today's standards yeah it's like oh my god that's so cheesy how is that fucking terrifying so much has changed over the past you know 80 90 years 100 years of films yeah and like that that technology or effects and i mean we all watch 80s movies now and think they're cheesy as hell but in the 80s that was top of the line that was terrifying yeah. and no matter what decade you look at it, i mean even still today's standards movies there's some that's like oh this isn't terrifying at all but for a lot of people it is <laughs> yeah like you look at the you look at the uh the the what, what, which one was the one that came out in the early 2000s late late 90s was it was h2o was that the oh, for halloween yeah halloween h2o i think that was like 99 uh, I, I, I think it was 99 or 2000 years. yeah i, I haven't either for the h2o <laughs> that was honestly my favorite halloween movie until i actually like sat down and watched all of them on halloween as a movie marathon in like the early 2000s late like 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 2006 i want to say and like looking at the effects that they had from the 80s halloween going into the 90s and 2000s like the effects were cheesy like so, like they wouldn't even show like the they wouldn't even show like the actual knife like touching the body it would, it would yeah. be like a close-up of their chest which yeah. would be the prop and then zoom out and you just see like the handle embedded in them yeah it's small things like that that also yeah. have changed into today's i mean like now we have movies where it like fully looks like they're actually stabbing mm-hmm and like, and uh, one of my, one, I, I always, I always kind of like get like, oh, that's, that's, I didn't, you know what? I had, I haven't thought about that movie in forever. It came from outer space is still one of my favorite horror movies to watch. And the reason being is because it shows like the little asteroid or the UFO. I haven't watched it in probably close to 20 years now. Uh, the, whatever the, it came from outer space was mm-hmm. in was floating in like what looked like what would be considered a, a a kindergarten's background of outer space and then like a little fishing line with whatever it was in just kind of like well, yeah because that, that was the way it was i mean the day the earth stood still was a prime example yeah. of that as well i mean that's why you have this generalized idea of what a ufo looks like it's usually just you know yeah. a ball with a ring around it and you're flying saucer that's like a lot yeah. of the main things i mean another one would be um like if you watch uh some of the old monster movies and stuff like that is you don't even really see a lot of blood in it because that was already pushing a limit but it was more of the fact of them dying was that Mm -hmm. like crossing a line that's what made this horrifying and fun fact 
uh, the first instance of a toilet being shown on, in any in, in movie, television, anything was the movie Psycho. Mm-hmm. And it's and it, it like 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 as cheesy as that as the original Psycho would be considered by today's standards. That was groundbreaking back then. Like it was also that uh, won so many awards. Of- I was gonna say that's also a prime example of why I love uh, like remakes done right, like mm-hmm. uh, American Psycho being done like in today's standard in a way is like done so well. <laughs> like if you do it properly, or you can change small things in the, a good way, it, it can help it out. But then again, you have the other side of the coin of like it could have mm-hmm. been complete dog shit. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Like I I love American Psycho for the uh, I, like I I love it for the fact that it's a reiteration slash retelling of psycho but i also love the oversell we get from christian bale it just it, well, i it, love how like i'm mentally unstable he is throughout the entire yes. thing that, that's what i absolutely love yes but i mean nothing is like as shocking in that movie as it was back in the, the day because like the original one where it's like man mrs bates is killing all these people and then it's like boom, it was norman the whole time is such a mind fuck back yeah. then and even still today like if you never have heard of the movie or you watch it or whatever it's like oh my god that is yeah. genius yeah but they see it now like trying to be done today's standards is not as uh captivating unless you do like sleepaway camp yeah and and like that's what i liked about the old horror movies that were kind of like uh uh in more more in the suspense more in the suspense genre like psycho was that they had those classic misdirects that kind of like cued in what today's standard of a misdirect is. It's like, ha ha, it was me the whole time. Yeah, and you're like, you, you get that, that originality of this is how it started. Yes. Like, oh, I could see this is where these tropes started coming into play. Mm-hmm. And you're, and it's like, to me, I, like to me, if someone's like, Hey, I'm about to put on this, this, this cheesy, uh, movie from the 80s i'll sit down and, and like horror movie from the 80s i'll still sit down and watch it because i love poltergeist i love the exorcist i love the original friday the 13th part two i didn't i'm not a big fan of number one just because of like it had that's the, also it, a prime example of the whole reveal where it's like yeah oh my god this jason character's killing everybody and then it's like oh shit it's his mother you know <laughs> yeah and then there was another movie i can't remember i can never remember the name of it but it was uh, where it was about it. It was about a camp. And at the end of the movie, this is from like the 70s or 80s, early, early 80s, late 70s, where um, the killer turned out to be a boy at an all girls camp. And at the end of it, they show him standing there naked and that's, he's just that's smiling. Camp. That's so, yeah. Camp. I thank you. I forgot that was sleepaway camp. That's I really a, did. That's what I was saying. Uh, that's a prime example of like the whole big old reveal where it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, and he's just turned around. He's like, he's just standing in the field. And it's so good. It 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 really is. And like like by today's standards, is it a, is it a cinematic masterpiece? No, but back well, then but it was terrifying. It was creepy. Yeah. It was uh, it was. I mean, hell. We even go back to like with like creature features, some of my favorite things. Like I love the creature from Black Lagoon. Uh, you yes. can even do like the monster movies, uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, The Mummy. Absolutely love those. But like another prime example, like where you can see how 
cheesy but effective they can be is again for me mm-hmm. personally it was like growing up was watching the first two tremors for example i love the tre- i love the tremors I, franchise I, I love that so do i as bad as it, it got but i, I love those yeah movies. um like the first one though was like it was like what if we tried doing like prehistoric things but what if it was something that was completely underground and you know just pops out, out of nowhere it's like that's a terrifying thing is it turning mm-hmm. out some spots yes but then showing that evolution of how those stages can go from movie to movie in a sense is really really interesting to me yeah i I think how it starts like when you go back to like the brain that wouldn't die or the thing from another planet uh the blob uh the thing in general um yeah the train in the background (laughs) oh no you're fine but i I, like the one thing that i love about the original i I, like because i will say that the the original three um the original three tremors are my favorite of the whole tremors franchise due to the I fact that past the fourth one but no yeah one the thing i don't like about three is ass blasters <laughs> but that's, I mean, it's, the, it's so, that's what i that's why i love so number three is because of the ass blasters <laughs> it's like 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 i like i use that term all the time whenever i'm about to like whenever i have like a little bit of digestion issues and it's like oh i'm really gassy it's like oh god it's ass blasters oh no ass blasters coming (laughs) it's the kind that can like clear out a room and i just i use that as a reference and every once in a while someone will catch it someone will catch it and they'll be like tremors and i'm like tremors and they're just like oh god the smell (laughs) yeah oh no it's it's, it has its moments but it's like that's prime example of like how you can see that transition as well because i mean there's still like genuinely horror movies that are creature-esque like jaws is a prime mm-hmm. example of like that You're movie gonna... terrified the fuck out of people like beaches yeah. were dead for like i think weeks or months after yeah. that movie came out <laughs> you ever seen a shark's eyes They're lifeless black like a doll's eyes mm-hmm. and yeah i That's mean fantastic. we got we got we got so many we got so many at the time jaws gave us so many untapped phobias that people didn't even know that they had like i'm i'm scared of open water if i can't see the bottom of it genuinely terrified if my feet are touching the bottom i'm good like as long as i as long as my feet are touching the bottom i'm good but the moment that i start to not be able to see where my feet are i start to freak out and i start to think oh I, what if I step on a, a rockfish? What if I step on a a, yeah. a sea I mean, urchin? It's like I have this conversation with my wife sometimes. Where it's like, how can you fear that ocean? It's so beautiful and so on and so forth. And then she's like, you don't know what's below you. You don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. And it, it's it's like the whole uh, being a kid. You know, this pool is very deep. There's a shark in there. It's that mindset of just not knowing what's in there and not knowing anything is like more terrifying than yeah. There's nothing really to worry about. Yeah. And uh, like that kind, of, and I, I like that kind of ties into the "Are you afraid of the dark?" from the '90s that aired on Nickelodeon. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. like no, they I mean, they, they brought in a lot of old tropes. Yes, yes, I love scary the stories old... to tell in the dark. Um, yes. tales from the crypts. Uh, yes, outer limits, X Files, like all, all oh, God, that yeah. stuff. Like just did so much, especially like it, it really set in younger audiences to the horror that was before is and would come to be because i feel like there's some episodes or some books or Mm -hmm. stories from them that like really fucked with kids more than they intended to yeah uh, Coraline, the book 
was not supposed to be a children's book, but uh, the person really who ended awesome. up, uh, I can't remember the writer off the top of my head, but when he went to the company, uh, the the head person of the company was like, um, if my daughter enjoys it or whatever, um, we'll make it a kid's book, but this doesn't seem like a kid's book. And his daughter refused to say how scary it was because she wanted it to be made into like the book and see how like everyone yeah. else to experience. But it's a fucking terrifying book. <laughs> it it really so is. Good. It really, really is. And it's not it's not a big book. Like I No, it's not. Like, it's I, like I went to Books a Million today I and I got I, I got a I got a I got a horror I got a horror book. It's called Ghost Story. It's written by Peter Straub, not sponsored, not asked to plug this book or anything like this, but it caught my <laughs> eye. And it's a pretty thick book, but like Coraline's maybe like a quarter of this book. Yeah, but it's I a would fantastic say. book. I love that book. I think it barely breaks 150 pages. I think it's like 210 at most, but it's still. I don't, I don't remember, but it, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies. It is just done so long. It's so unnerving. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, because I mean the whole because they describe the the button eyes a little bit different in the book, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and it's yeah, like it's, it's a little bit more graphic. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, that's what, <laughs> like, we get this mindset because I mean you see a lot of that with uh, older horror movies. Like again, yeah. like we were talking about. Where it's like you don't really have the the makeup effects that you do today, where it actually looks like they stitched or cut open and so on and so forth. So you really have just like these blobs of blood or like really no wounds. Even like with the Wolfman, it's like you don't even see him tearing out throats or anything. You just see him like kind of mm-hmm. pounce on them. That body's still seen off screen kind of thing, but you know they're dead. And there's yeah. like very minimal blood. And yeah. to expand that uh, later on when they would do like... Um, bride of frankenstein uh you mm-hmm. see more of that that graphic stuff and a little bit more not as graphic as today or bloody or whatever but you slowly see that transition even with like dracula uh, most of the time you see him just bite someone's neck and the person falls over and they're dead kind of thing but you don't really see uh like blood on his mouth or whatever if you do it's like a little bit right here yeah and then you go to like the curse of dracula with christopher lee where it's more predominant more visual i love that i love his I loved his portrayal of Dracula. He did such a good job. He, mm-hmm. I, I miss Christopher Lee. He was such an amazing actor. Uh, well, he's done so much with his career. I mean, it's also with uh, like uh, Dracula's Brides and so on and so forth too, where like yep. you can start to see it expand and get either a more silly or b like actually I was talking uh, or more graphic and uh, just overdone in the same same hold. Like me and my wife were talking about. I think it was today or yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Lepre- Leprechaun is one of those series that went to space. <laughs> yeah, it was it. It was like eh. because let's see, Jason did it, Leprechaun did it, Hellraiser did it, which they kind of they kind of did it as a way to end it, but then they brought it back again, and it was kind of it was it was, like it was a little confusing to be honest because they were like, oh no, they built a reverse laminate that kills the Cenobites. And then they made another one right after that was like, like a thousand years in the past. And you're just like, mm-hmm. but why? But, but why? But why? But why? Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, like, it, it, it can go a lot of ways with that. I, I mean, I yeah. don't see space as being like the game ruiner, but it's like there is definitely ridiculous. I just I personally yeah. like my stuff more grounded. And that's what makes it more terrifying. It's like more grounded in reality. Like, that's why I mm-hmm. think. Um, what is it? Wolf Creek is like so terrifying to like. Because yeah, that's, that was that based could, on a true story too. Thing. Yeah, that that could, that's more terrifying. Strangers, obviously, but I don't find that specific situation or movie. Or I don't find that movie terrifying, but I find that situation in general. Yes, that is terrifying. Yeah, 
the purge if done properly i understand that being terrifying and so on and so forth um but like yeah. ones that are more grounded in reality like that or even hell if you want to take them like outside the extreme like hills have eyes like that yeah. is also like a terrifying fact you know Not yeah, like, even, like i, mutant, like, I think I, I think there's i think there's areas in like <laughs> rural america that's that yeah, are like that but where you're like i don't want to stop here i don't want to stop here at all hey you know i'm not saying or putting a label on this state or wherever i'm at that uh this is the situation but i'm getting very strong vibes <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah like like it's like hey i'm cruising through un unnamed state that's kind of backwoods in this area i'm not stopping for gas i'm gonna go until i'm close to empty a little ways up the way and maybe if we find a town great otherwise uh <laughs> this is where we die <laughs> yeah and like one one thing that i i do i do do really loved about like coming out like because me and you are, are from the same generation as far as like you know like age we're, yeah. we're around the same age and what i loved about being a 90s kid was the fact that we had really good horror that was only pg-13 and it didn't need to exceed that whereas like now they you know they try to chase our rating which is understandable in some instances it gives them a little bit more room to be you know, a little more gory, whereas like back in um, the 20s, 30s, 40s, before they in invented like even sound. Had, I would say even also before they even had a rating because like, yeah, very, very, I mean, hell, you got to remember, uh, I think it was what. Um, Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom is like the first PG-13 movie ever. Uh, yeah. Jaws is PG. <laughs> yeah, like like back in like the old silent films though like the way that they showed a death quote unquote was that they would do the the classic faint scene where like they throw their mm -hmm. hand on their head and they would fall backwards like even the guys were just like ah oh. and mm -hmm. it was that was, was the like death dramatic scene. death it, it was a very dramatic death to show yes they are in fact dead and that's that's what made it again it was the whole like if you do that today standards it's like oh my god this is so bad but that was how the standard was back then and you can yeah. see that evolution i mean even now like you can watch most 80s 90s movies that were considered academy award and you watch them today compared to like academy award ones now you can see how even acting itself has changed even just from a small few year gap in yeah. the 80s and 90s if you want to do that but it's still like that seeing that transition and seeing those things is why i love the ground grounding of the original horror movies is because mm -hmm seeing how terrifying with simplistic things was and how yeah. we've evolved to needing to be for me specifically like of how graphic and gory and so on and so forth because i i'm the kind of person that's like i'd rather all my horror movies be r so they don't have to hold back and yes refrain from pushing that boundary in a sense because if but i'm not I mistaken i don't think poltergeist was rated r i'm gonna look that up real quick i think it's like pg-13 or some shit like that that's nice for that. <laughs> but uh like I, I that's for me specifically but i also know like companies yeah. don't suffer from as much and blah 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 but i love when it like it's a very very hard r movie where you know it's like wow i'm surprised they allowed this to be in theaters <laughs> yeah I, yeah it was because yeah, like i mean you have like cannibal holocaust because like that spurred controversy but it was so groundbreaking that they actually had the guy that was the director and writer come in and prove that the people that were in the movie were still yeah. alive 
Yeah, in and, court you had to do that because that was the first type of that film. Well, one of the firsts. Um, yeah, because it it was very very concerning. I mean, it's like when the promotion for Blair Witch was the same thing in the '90s, where everyone thought that this was legitimate. This was the found footage that someone had found. It was like, hey, we're trying to honor these students. This is what happened, and then mm-hmm. it started this whole thing. And obviously, it wasn't that way, but that's that's how it started. Like it was. A, that idea of like what if this was real like i know they're saying it's fake uh-huh. but this could be very very real and this is that subtlety of it like green inferno like being a, a cannibal movie as well is the same concept of that like just that in general is a very very real thing in today's standards i think there are tribes that we know of still around that are very hostile that way and it's like uh, yeah yeah, and that's a terrifying. <laughs> See, when it's grounded reality like that, that's what's terrifying to me. Because it's yeah. like, hey, what if this plane went down on one of these islands? That, that's a very real situation. Maybe a very small percentage, but it's a very real situation that can happen. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like the 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 what if like the the what if thing of what if I'm the last person left on Earth because of some freak accident like that, like that kind of like the the grounded in reality fear I feel is very justifiable. Jaws. Well, uh, yeah, some of the some of the like scenarios from Twilight Zone. Yeah, true. Yeah, well, don't say it because like you're saying, like Last Man on Earth. But it's like I am Legend. He thought he was alone, but then there happened to be other survivors. But it's like that thought process of like, what if I, being this single thing left on this planet, is yeah. a terrifying thought. I'm alone with my own thoughts and stuff. Would you want to continue to live, or would you want to die? Like, because it's like. There's so many different variables you have to take, but it's like, look, I could do whatever yeah. I want when I want, but yep. I'm alone. I have no one with me, not even a pet or anything like this. You know, it's like there's so much in the negative for me in my head to be like, like I don't want to stay here. But then there's also so much where it's like we can start a new history or you're starting something new and can like see nature fully go back to itself and you know, yeah. see the plague that is mankind uh, erased. <laughs> yeah. So I did look up the rating for Poltergeist, the MPAA, which is the National Rating uh, Society, I guess you could say, for yeah, Poltergeist. Like initially, yeah, uh, Poltergeist initially received an R rating from the MPAA. Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper disagreed with the R rating and succeeded in having it changed to a PG on appeal. So I didn't eat, I I'm yeah. actually surprised that it received I, I I understand but I'm surprised that it initially received an R rating. But I'm thinking by today's so standards back, I'm not thinking by eight, 1982. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cuz you got to remember back in those days uh, you barely had your uh, Halloween's out. You because ha- Halloween came out in what seventy seven, I think seventy seven, seventy eight, yeah, seventy, yeah, around that. Um, so four or five years after that, that was already a, considered a very scary graphic movie. Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. was about to be made soonish, if not already. I, like, there's so think, many things that I think the first like, one came out in eighty, and then the second one came out eighty two or eighty three ish, something like that. Yeah, because I know Freddy was like eighty four or eighty six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like still not very, very graphic. But when you watch the Poltergeist, it is in some parts very graphic for what the audience was used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, even if you look at The Exorcist, there's so many things from the 70s that that like terrified everybody. And you can see, I mean, everyone talks about the head spinning and the puke and all that. The things that like I found more terrifying was like she, her coming back down over the stairs wasn't terrifying. Yes, the fact that yes. It's out the blood. It was just like that was not expected. 
like the, the, seeing the, part the priest she... get, uh, get uh, possessed is a whole nother slap in the face too where it's like holy shit that would happen and that's more terrifying than the whole movie in my opinion yeah <laughs> Where he, where he's just where, like the the part the part that that sold me on the original Exorcist was the whole her doing the backwards walk going downstairs because there's no wires there's no safety equipment it's an actual contortionist doing that, that. doing that and it's like it, like practicality goes a long way with me in a lot of instances. Like, I, like I, I know you can't do practical effects on everything. Like, Oh no, my head is splitting into two and mm-hmm. we want to add in some CGI on this side to make it kind of look a little bit more. Well, I mean like the transitions, even with uh, like in the old classic films with like Wolfman and in, in general, it's like when it was the full moon, like today's standards, you see uh, either a CG transformation or something mm-hmm. like that. Back then it was literally shot a little bit more hair shot and you see that wolf and makeup slowly overtake and then he is the wolf man you know yeah it's not like it is today's standards i mean like one of my prime examples like my favorite werewolf transformation i'll use is uh, american wolf in london yes the prosthetics and the animatronics that they used to, to do that and the sound effects is so so good it is seeing him like just stand there looking at his hand and then you just see this whole section just elongate and stretch and it's just like that animatronics and prosthetics is not something that they had 20 30 years ago mm-hmm. and seeing that that small transitions like that is what makes it more horrifying because it is more real and that's what i love about the older movies is that it felt real like that yeah i have to agree and also on top of that like the thing that i loved about american werewolf in london and uh, american werewolf in france I think Paris, I was. Yeah, Paris. I that one so bad. So much CG. I, there, there was, but the thing that I loved about both of them was the audio. It was the audiography, audio. I guess you could say of the transformation because, like, you'd hear his human voice slowly become the beast. The monster. Yeah. 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 No, see, that's always there. My audiophile for horror comes out is that that aspect of seeing or hearing that stuff. Like yes. I said, that to me is what makes me love horror is that sound effect that sound visual of seeing the the chaos or the horror the graphicness of it i absolutely like live for that and that's right yes. i usually scare like my wife or friends or whatever because i i love those things a little too much apparently <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh that sounded so amazing it's like oh his bones are crunching i know but still no and... it's not like that it's like more of uh have you seen smile yet I've what I like I've seen bits and pieces of it online, but I have not watched the full thing yet. Okay, so I won't spoil anything, but there is a scene towards the end. Mm-hmm. And the way it, it's done is you, the way you see the flesh peel is all I'm going to say is how it okay. sounds and how it looks. I gushed over and kept on talking about it forever. And my wife was just like you're gonna have to stop talking about that right now i was like <laughs> why i just loving this for the fact that she goes you're sounding very serial killer right now <laughs> i was like um i don't see that but okay she's like it's kind of concerning i was like okay well i'll stop about it but like I, stuff like that for me is what yeah. i love <laughs> like like i i love uh, like one thing that i i truly truly and i know this isn't considered you know classic horror but the reason why i loved uh tales from the crypt was because it was kind of like what if we took a 
a a a uh I guess you could say a child's wonder and then turned it upside down because there was one episode that aired every Christmas in the nineties where Santa came in and Santa was this evil person. Didn't hurt the kid whatsoever. Just the kid let the Santa inside the house after the parents had been listening to police reports on the radio back Mm -hmm. when we didn't have XM and, and, and digital phone and, and you know tell and cell phones in our pockets where we could google this stuff and get constant media updates on every 10 seconds this was like back when you had to listen to the news on the radio the tv and you only had like three had channels TV guy to make sure you don't miss your show yeah <laughs> like oh i gotta be i gotta be done with my homework at six because this comes on at seven and then this mm. comes on at eight and then if i miss that then i have to watch this at nine and then i'm gonna be in bed by 10 it was like or was like, you oh. know I, if I don't get to the, if I can't watch this by eight o'clock or pre-recorded or recorded it and watch it before eight o'clock kind of thing, I have to go to bed and I'm not able to watch it and I'm going to be sad. Yeah. And like the, the kids didn't say though, when, when you talked, when you touched on uh, tales of the crypt, like that's a very good, like general horror into mm-hmm. the extreme in a sense. Cause the way they did some of the things is very, very yeah. good, especially for TV is like very good for like the general audience to get scared. Mm-hmm. And that, I think it's fantastic. Like, as for me, one of my favorite movies that ever came from Tales from the Crypts is Demonite. I absolutely love yes. that Yes. I love that I've movie. had enough of this shit in this little ho-dunk, po-dunk. Oh, like, dude, I, Billy Zane was so fucking good. He was such a good demon. Like, I love Billy Zane. That was, that, well, that was like, such a good movie. Like, that also goes back to being how graphic it can be, or uh, how prosthetics, animatronics, because like his very end demon form and so on and so forth, or seeing yeah. like the demons themselves, like just makeup and so on and so forth. It's like shows how far it's come to where before, like um if you watch the original Twilight Zone show, like the like fifties and sixties one, mm-hmm. like one of my favorite ones is The Howling Man. And Ooh, that is a good one. Is is subtle things of like how do you show that this person's evil and so on and so forth? Do you give them horns? Like simple things like that is like yeah. But that's so terrifying back then. It's like this is this is horrifying. And yeah. I love that 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 simplistic yet effective delivery. And I have to and I have to say that the uh the two versions of the Twilight Zone movie were actually really mm-hmm. well done because they did one in the eighties, as we discussed earlier before the before we started. And then they did the one in the nineties where they basically took verbatim what was done in the eighties. Yeah. And redid it in the 90s. And then we had, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I still watch it every year. The Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Horrors. Oh, Love yeah. I, see, I, I, don't, I don't watch them anymore. I haven't watched the Simpsons episode in, God, 10 years. Yeah. If that, maybe more. But uh, no, I mean, I'm, that used to be a religious thing for me and my family. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. every time it was getting close to Halloween and stuff was watch the Simpsons horror marathons or they do their their. Uh, well, they, they were still airing episodes, but they'd air their scariest episodes of like the X-Files or the Outer mm-hmm. Limits and so on and so forth. Like those like simplistic times, but yet effective horror aspects for the general audience. I think like not because like, there's only one episode, I think, of X-Files that only aired once and they showed it maybe a couple other times, which was the inbred episode. Oh yeah, um, which was a very very good episode, a very terrifying episode. But it's like there was you could still see those limits being pushed even back then. Yeah, it's, I, rem- it's I remember bits and pieces of that episode because 
like like I'm 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 sorry without the without the Bella Lugosi's without the friggin' Bram Stoker's without Mary Shelley's like we wouldn't have the X Files because the X Files wasn't just about extraterrestrials it, it made it legends because I mean they didn't like the uh, the Jersey Devil parts they did it yeah uh, like Mothman Mothman yeah a bunch of stuff like that and it's and, very very good and effective for its time but yeah. um I like. For me, it's like if we didn't have like the amazing writers or people that are willing to push those limits or the demented minds, if you want to say in mm-hmm. some senses, um, we wouldn't be blessed with all these like amazing films. <laughs> yeah, there, like, there and, is one gripe uh, that I have about like any any zombie movie ever made is that they don't have any basic knowledge of zombies in whatever universe they're in. Walking Dead, any 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 uh, George George uh, Romero's zombies, any anything like that. They've like, and on top of that, they're never ever called zombies in the movies. They're called walkers, right? They're like, um, but, but zombie esque things in general. Yeah, no, I know. What yeah, you mean. for me, my biggest problem is that like everyone, everyone's always like, hey, if we don't move to a military base, we're not going to survive, or if we don't stick together, we're not going to survive. It's like, there's plenty of instances and there's a lot of other ways that you can really look at it in a sense. But the thing that always bothers me with zombie movies is just how they make it seem like after months of this or whatever, like it's been like last of us is a prime example of it where it's like 20 years later, I fully understand being that chaotic. I fully understand. Yeah. Only like Dawn of the dead where it just happens and so on and so forth. It's like so much would be happening in such a short time that you wouldn't even really be able to get from point A to point B, no matter what way you look at it. Yeah. When a disaster like that happens or anything like that happens, like that's why one of the reasons why I also don't like disaster movies. It's like, Oh, if we're in this area, we're magically safe. It's like, it's not how this shit works. No disaster happens. Disaster is not fucking biased. Everything is on the table. Yeah. And on top of that, they don't take into account for like actual human panic. They're like, Oh, we've got enough space for everyone in this general vicinity. No, no, no. Human panic. You know, how many people are being trampled or ran over. It doesn't matter what the situation is, especially in a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Like my biggest thing is like the whole you're say like with like Walking Dead, for example, like Rick being in the coma, whatever, and the outbreak happening, and Shane putting the, whatever the little gurney in front of him is. It's like I don't care if that was supposed to be even in a realistic sense. The man had not been taken care of for like months. He would have been dead. <laughs> he, yeah, hands down. He because it was yeah. Cause like you gotta, you gotta yeah, constantly check his. Yeah. 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 Done. <laughs> Done. Just like, cause like, I think when he wakes up, he pulls the IV out, which hadn't been changed out in forever. And he, like, it doesn't take a whole lot of air to get into your circulatory system to actually kill you. Don't yeah, ask how I know that. <laughs> I'll say not even that, but he figured like the rust buildup and so on and so forth from the needle itself or any type of infection. Yep. Cause no one's monitoring it. Blah, blah, blah. Lots yep. of things. But that, that, again, small, small com- complaint about me on that or for me on that. But yeah, um, back to like the classic horror stuff. Um, I do love how like it was fantasy, and you knew it was like fantasy because it's like unrealistic things were happening all the time. Um, yeah, especially like with some of the the uh, other ones. Like uh, I had pulled up a quick little list over here. On one of them was that like for me personally, like it was considered a horror movie back in the time. Was uh, the original King Kong? Like that? I absolutely loved 1933 King Kong because for me, what made me love that movie is one of the first movies that really had the stop motion animation playing in the background while actors were simultaneously reacting and acting with said uh, claymation. Yeah, and it was one of those ones that was kind of like 
like like what would happen if there was an actual like 50 foot gorilla unleashed yeah. in new york <laughs> of the world or ninth one of the world you know it's like it's, yeah. it's fantastic i mean i love peter jackson's retelling of that in the oh wait it was fantastic uh but like it, it can't compete even though it's like a hundred year difference but actually no that'd be what 75 year difference i guess yeah 75 year difference from those two movies yeah um it's just it doesn't hit the same because like original king kong was groundbreaking whereas this one is just like a retelling of it but it's done in a good way and that's another thing too for it's like um that's why we were talking about the uh upcoming movies and so on and so forth with like the reboot mm-hmm. of the exorcist my biggest concern is what groundbreaking thing are they going to do for it because like the exorcist back in the 70s was groundbreaking because it's like how many uh-huh. films were really out that were satan triumphing over god you know yeah and, and like where they had uh the little girl floating the bed shaking and her shaking head spinning yeah, I just yeah, I just pulled up a, a list of I just typed in cla- or horror movie classics and it has like a whole bunch. And for some reason, they have scary movie on there. I'll, <laughs> I'll touch on just a generalized from all the years. Yeah. And like I'm looking at it and I didn't know this, but I should have assumed this. The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. I, no, I, I love that movie. That's what I was actually talking about that yesterday with my family. It's like that was one of my favorite Keith or Sutherland movies ever. I yes. love that movie. Yes. And like I like I love how they took the the aspect of the vampire and just kind of revamped it and to, to match, to match, not just the lifestyle that they would have to maintain, but not the that, era being in the eighties too. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. maintain that eighties feel with like that classic vampire story in a sense, and those tropes of like being invited in and all it's so good it is fantastic. Yes. It's, it's a, mu- it's a must see must watch for anyone that has never seen it. It's, it's old it's and old it's nice and bloody in the good ways. Oh, so yeah. good. And it, and here's the best part about the original Lost Boys. Don't don't go down the tube of watching the the spinoffs because there's there's the sequels, sequels. Yeah, it was uh, the Tribe and uh, Blood Ritual or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, it's not. They're they're not that great. I watched them just because I'm I'm a diehard fan of it, and I was curious. I, just... I I need to watch them just for Corey more than anything. Yeah, and Corey, Corey was in all of them. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Um, but like, even though the movie is based in the eighties and it's going on 50 years old now, it is still like, it, it, like the effects aren't dated even by today's standards. And, and, and as far as like, uh, for the most as far part, as like, there's a couple scenes I think that would be considered dated, but like it, yeah. for the most part, it's like, it's very practical, very one shot, mm-hmm. very good of, well, not one shot. I shouldn't say that. Um, but very good at like, doing its effects and its horror without really risking anything like it does it very very well it's fantastic yeah. movie. same with like and john it, carpenter's vampires is done also yes. the same way it's like they're, they're, they hold up to today's standards as far as not really cg high heavy and ruining yes. a lot and it's done you can watch that movie and still be like yeah this can still be used for today like yeah you can mm-hmm. definitely show someone today this that's never really watched too much horror and still terrify the fuck out of them yeah because like like it was it like all in all it was a great movie just for the simple fact that it was a retelling of like a classic fear that humans have had for centuries like i mean i know we've had you know we've we've had a bunch of different retellings of vampires and all that fun stuff but it was just one of those ones where it was oh god reanimator 
Oh. <laughs> I love reanimator like Cronenberg films in general. I love body horror is one of my favorite genres just because yeah. I love seeing fucked up things. That's why I like yeah. video drum is one of my favorites. And the thing is one of my favorites. The fly uh, with uh, Jeff Goldblum is one of my favorite movies. Like it is just, I love body horror. It is done so well. It is so graphic and it's so fucked up. <laughs> I, ha- I have to agree. But yeah, like it was um, like a, a de- like a, a dated version of a horror movie from the eighties. I would honestly have to say is Fright Night. I liked Fright the remake. Creep shows are so good. Oh I, my god, I love I love them all. But like, there, I mean, like the practical effects in those ones are very dated. But like for the Lost Boys, it like it still holds up to to oh, today's yeah. standards. And like, I, as much as I love Fright Night and Creep Show, a little some of their practical effects are dated. Some of the some of the makeup, you know, just doesn't work. Yeah, like it. It's still like it risked something. It tried yes. something. That's what I like, especially like with that was. I think it's Creep Show Two, where um, the dude who meets the gargoyle, uh, and he's not supposed to tell anybody, so he ends up telling his wife, and his wife and kids turn into a gargoyle and kill him, and then spend the rest of their days like on the balcony. Like it's like it looks, it sounds cheesy and whatnot, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But the makeup effects that you see when they do it is so good. Oh, yes. I love it. Yes, I have to. I, I have to agree, but like um, Fright Night, I liked the original, and I liked the remake with Colin Farrell. He yeah, like I that. Too. It was. It was like that's a good. That's a good version of a remake being done right, in my personal yes. opinion, because it's like um, <laughs> that was actually my first introduction to David Tennant ever. I had never really seen anything with him in it. Really. I'm not a Doctor Who person, so I don't know who the hell he was. And then when uh, one, of, one of my exes I was dating at the time was just like, oh, yeah, that's a doc. That's one of the Doctor Who's. I was like, who the fuck is Doctor Who? I've never heard of Doctor Who until I uh, like 12 <laughs> years ago, some shit like that. Yeah, so I, it, was, it was really funny. And believe it or not, there's even some aspects of Doctor Who I would consider horror-esque. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, you're weeping angels for sure. Like, yeah, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, how I you can't can, um, blink. <laughs> Yeah, the Daleks can be considered in some aspects. I mean, especially being like a genocidal fucking robot species. Yeah, no, I fully understand. Um, I don't yeah. remember what they're called. I know they're in Doctor Who, though. The aliens that re- you remember everything as you're looking at them and talking to them, but once you look away, you have no recollection of them. Those things are also very, very horrifying if brought in <laughs> even like the horror world. You know, I think that that's kind of funny because you're like, I can't remember what they're called, but when you're looking at them, you remember everything. It's yeah, like, I think it worked. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm looking at one right now. Oh, what? That was like the um. That was like that episode of of uh, Buffy from the '90s. Like, if if you've we never watched Buffy. the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie from the '80s or the show from the '90s, both are both are 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 cheesy, quote unquote, by today's they're standards. Horrors, but they're still good. Good. Yeah, and um, my one of my favorite episodes is where she. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite episodes is where she meets the the I forget what they're called, but they're the they're the guys that are that are quiet. They're, I think they're like quiet guys or something like that. Where like mm-hmm. they've got like really big grins and like they like their thing is is they go like this, and as soon as you like they, as soon as they like leave your sight, you forget about them. But Buffy remembers them. And they, they appear in a couple of episodes and she has to fight him in, in one of the episodes, but she can't remember how to defeat him from before. And that's what like makes them terrifying is because you forget about them as soon as they're like gone. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. You're literally forget. Um, but that's also, like I said, one of my other, one of the tropes that I also loved that happened in the fifties 
with classic horror is the uh the atom bomb when the atom bombs drop oh, yeah. and mutates all of its life around it i mean that's where we got our godzilla we got mm-hmm. our um them tarantula all these things where they're pl- playing with gamma radiation whatever all this other fun jazz but that's where yeah. my real love for like the creature features really came because it's like super ridiculous but great <laughs> yeah and and uh another one that like that like this is my gripe about today's horror there's not a lot of risks being taken with horror because most of it's been done unfortunately but even when you do find something new i feel like it's more of like your creepy pastas like we were talking about earlier yeah like your slender men's and stuff like that like it's like more what could i do as a one-shot story but i don't find them as terrifying because it's they seem very very basic in a sense yeah it's it, like they, it is something new but like when it comes to nowadays groundbreaking is gonna be very very hard because it's either gonna be something visually or it's going to yeah. be something that's story related because we've already got so many different iterations in our all of our horror that it's almost like verbatim of like what to expect. Again, like yeah. we talk about our audio cues and certain jump scares and all this other stuff, the unsettling feelings, you can feel them coming on in most of the movies. I feel I feel like the most of the ones that tried something and it worked were the original saws like we've talked about, um mm-hmm. the insidiouses, uh the sinisters like those ones tried something new those ones took the risks and it it paid off for them whereas like if you were to come out with a zombie movie today it wouldn't be the same as romero's it wouldn't be the same as i'm so happy right now we are far away from zombie movies so yes they were they were a dime a dozen happy there for a while and i was so fucking tired of them like we spent we spent a good 10 years in the 2010s just dealing with oh this zombie movie is terrifying and it's like same basic shit same basic shit everywhere and i'm so tired of zombies but now it's like it's been a okay-ish break from zombies for me where it's like i would kind of like to see something new with them and or a different telling of a zombie movie yeah like i like i would like to see what would happen if you know we had like different versions of zombies not not so much like the eat your brains kind, but like the sentient ones, the ones that are like actually oh, like, like land of the dead human so hunting. So yeah. Or if you like, even if you want to say like quote unquote special zombies from like left for dead, or if you want to even do like the Resident Evil franchise with mutations and stuff like that, I could agree. Um, yeah. I would like to see like, if we're talking classics and remakes and stuff like that too, it would be like uh, 1967's uh, night of living dead. I would like to see Ooh. a very, very true verbatim remake of that even in today's standards i think would be fantastic like if you were to bring it into the modern world i mean because it was a modern movie at its time but i mean like today now i would like to see that because they had that concept they had the one they had the one zombie yeah because they had that they had the one zombie i forgot his name i think his name was like fred or something like that he didn't eat any of the humans he actually ended up saving them from a zombie yeah Yeah, i'm sorry because that's sorry i was actually trying to uh the training to be yeah they're the training because they caught one and we're talking to it uh but no i was talking about like the little girl in night of living dead where she actually goes and picks up the um what was it the trowel and starts stabbing her mom yeah i do remember that like that kind of stuff i was like bam i would love to see that today's standards one that i would like to see for today's standards honestly i just seen it where like it i just got it pulled up by the by the list where is it misery misery would be an interesting one but i mean that's that one's kind of a little psychological more, yeah but it's also more fresh in today's standards i mean it's like mm. um yeah 
I mean, yeah, not really fresh, I'd say, because even still, Disturbia is another telling of that as well, which is an original telling of like Rear Window and so on and so forth. Um, I actually liked the, the the movie Disturbia with uh, Shia LaBeouf. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It was. It's a good updated, but like even Rear Window was not one of my favorites. Uh, so I I was like it. It's all right. I mean, I understand yeah. the concept of it and how it could be terrifying, but it's just not for me. You know, that's fair. That's fair. I can. I can agree. Like, that's I can another agree prime that. example. Like I know everyone loves Alfred Hitchcock. He's done all these like really great horror movies. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Not everything and, he has done that I loved. <laughs> yeah, because sorry, I had to cough. Um, <laughs> but I like I wouldn't consider myself a big Alfred Hitchcock fan, but there's some movies of his that I did enjoy, just because it's mostly of, his his. his cinematics was, and how he, he shoots things i really yeah. really love but just because he does that very well does i mean i'm gonna love everything he does like yeah yeah same with like my Malone, spielberg i've said this before lucas i've said yeah. this before they've done a lot of movies i don't like every single one of the movies or some i even know in fact even hate <laughs> yeah like i like i like the i like the original prequels of star wars and i don't like to days star wars not because they're like oh we made this really you know great heroine no it's because they wrote they just wrote her poorly like they didn't give her the same kind of character exactly. development well that they gave everybody else for me also what i feel like is that uh it, it, with some of their storytelling and, and especially today's standards i feel like they've also like retconned a lot of like the books that like yeah approved and or wanted and so like there's just a lot of stuff that they kind of cut out or like made technically no longer canon which kind of upsets yeah. me the most because before before Disney bought Lucasfilms, every, like every book that was written that had Lucasfilms stamp of approval on it was canon. But like, canon. and there was so many great stories like they, they like, believe it or not, Star Wars has their own version of zombies that were kind of like Halo's uh, The Flood, Flood, if you remember that. And I read that book. Uh, this was like back in like 2008 or nine, I think. And it was actually pretty terrifying. Like it was a it was a whole squadron of clone troopers. This is pre Clone Wars, pre Episode Three, and all that fun stuff. Um, I think it was right in between one and two. I could be I could be wrong, but um, a whole squadron of stormtroopers become the zombies, and then they're actively hunting the Jedi that was the general of their squadron. And the Jedi ended up not making it. This is like a, a like a 25 chapter book. It was, it was a pretty lengthy book, but I don't, they, uh, I don't think I've read that one. It was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good read. And I'm kind of upset because could you imagine like a horror movie of star Wars d- done in that aspect? Like the zombies. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of planets in general that you can just do the movie on itself. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it'd be really, really good. I, I feel like a lot of, uh, space fiction uh your star trek uh stargates mm-hmm. and all that star wars i feel like would be great in a horror aspect but it, it, i feel like it's popularity and fandom wouldn't see it that way they, they love that yeah. more the the sci-fi nerd or like uh intellect behind the shows which I fully understand uh, yeah but i love like like some of their creature designs and i would love to see like a horror aspect on the, a lot of it if I could retcon one character from any fandom, it's fucking Jar Jar Binks. I can't stand Jar Jar Binks. Annoying as fuck, but I yes. don't really see them as the problem. Like, if I'm going to retcon anything from Star Wars, I want to fucking retcon the goddamn Ewoks. Oh my god, I fucking hate I, them. 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't retcon Jar Jar Binks out entirely. I would retcon him to be a secret Sith Lord. Like the whole like the whole fan theory is that because it's just like of, yeah, his eyes. Yeah. No, for me, but, I would get rid of the Ewoks. I, don't be wrong. I understand the bears, cannibals, whatever. Cool. They're little omnivore bit bastards and eat the stormtroopers. Cool. I don't give a shit. I, they're too cute and cuddly, and I'm so tired of seeing the cute and cuddly shit. It's like porgs <laughs> in the new ones. I fucking hope yeah. they don't die. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking porgs. But yeah, like that's I, just me. That's just my opinion. But I mean, in all honesty, if we if like like I mean, even even with like Spielberg's Spielberg's great at like cinematics. He's not the best storyteller, but he's put out like surprisingly, he's put out. Some, it depends on what, what what you want to tell on his stories uh, aspects, because uh, there's some that I will agree with you and some I will disagree with you on. Um, I'll go Poltergeist in this in this instance. Like he had a great storytelling aspect of that. Like it, like his yeah. cinematics were friggin phenomenal. But no, I agree. And I'll give you another one that, that fits that same category of being like phenomenal and whatnot. But I hated which was E.T. visually Fair. and is such a it's done so well. It's story is actually very well told. It's not rushed. It doesn't feel like it's uh, too cheesy in too many spots or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I fucking despise that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I like I liked it as a kid. That Looking like back at it, I'm like, it's not that great. Well, no, I, I can still see how it holds up today, and I still see why a lot of people like love it and childhood memories or whatever yeah. have you. I fully understand. It's not for. I hated that movie so much. Like, I, yeah, I'm the kind of person that's like too family friendly in some senses. Uh, it, it like really makes me just hate things. I, I'm I'm a very like I don't know. I just like too much family friendly stuff. It just makes me like it's like romance films. I'm not yeah. the biggest fan. Of it's very few do i love and whatnot but like majority i just not for me what what was the what was the movie what was what was the movie that i i i I love i love it to this day the original version of it oh what was it flatliners were they like were they kind of ringing a bell for me they're uh so basically like they they uh it's a it's a group of college kids if i can remember this exactly i i kind of like the remake version of it it wasn't too bad but it wasn't it wasn't like the old one but um i think it came out in the 90s or the 80s i don't really remember the the era that it came out but um basically they go and do a science experiment to where they're like hey if i flatline for this amount of time i go into a different world where i can see spirits well they start to do this more and more and as they do it more and more the things that they see in the uh, extra, I guess you could say that the other plane of existence are coming or bleeding over into our plane of existence. I, I want to say that's the flatliners, but I can't remember. Not ringing the bell to me, but uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, horror movies. I can kind of pinpoint and throw ideas that like kind of took that and ran with it. And like the Insidious franchise is a prime example that first popped into my head. Uh, you can even do uh, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because, you know, Nancy bringing Freddy into the world and so on and so forth. Yeah, like I like I think that like, uh, yeah, Flatliners. Here we go. 1990. Uh, OK, yeah, here's a here's a synopsis. Five medical students experiment with near death experiences until the dark consequences of past tragedies begin to jeopardize their lives. It's like I'm a big uh, psychological horror fan because like nothing is worse because to me my worst enemy and my best friend is my mind if you can figure out a way to turn my mind against me to make me second guess myself i hate yeah, it right. yeah yeah it's like it's one of those things it was it was directed by uh, schumacher i love schumacher 
Uh, it has Kiefer Sutherland, Je- uh, Jevin, Kevity with Schumacher, but yeah. And like, I'm not the biggest Schumacher fan, but he did good on this one. If you haven't seen it, watch the original 1990 version. I wasn't the biggest fan of the 2017 remake, just because it like they didn't do it verbatim. They tried to do their own thing with it, and they made it fair, you know. But I, I, I love it for the fact that they made it their own thing, but. Mm, I don't like the fact that they did it with the remake. You know, they, 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 you you feel like did you feel like they uh, went too far from the source of it? No, that wasn't necessarily the problem. It was that they kind of copy and pasted the characters because, if I remember correctly, the remake quote unquote was supposed to be uh, medical students in 2017 finding the notes from the original people from 1990 and trying to recreate their experiment. If I remember correctly, so they they tried to do a remake that was technically a sequel kind of thing, and I didn't really they I didn't did, like that did, aspect. They, uh, of it. they did the scream; it's the requel. <laughs> yes, yes, but um, yeah, like basically, it had uh, it has Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, and Julia Roberts in it. It's a great movie, and Ooh, that's that's a pretty good cast right there. Yeah, Probably. and this is a uh, Julia. I think this is Julia Roberts post Pretty Lady. <laughs> Uh, it probably should be post, yeah, because Pretty Woman came out like in the eighties, I think. Pretty Woman, yeah, and um, so this is like her kind of getting her feet wet and trying to figure out who she is. So she like it's it's a great movie. It's not it's dated by today's standards for like the effects and stuff, but it like yeah, that's not gonna stop me. (laughs) If you go into it trying to trying to enjoy it, and I um, and I I like I it's on Prime. You can rent it for four bucks, but um. I highly recommend it because I'm a big psychological horror fan because like I, that's what made me love Oculus so much was oh, because yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's such a good paranormal psychological horror film. Me and my wife yes. like, praise Oculus, but that's also yeah. where she comes in and tells me I should start watching uh, the haunting of Hill house or whatever it was in Blood that's, Manor because it's all by the same person. Those two I, I hold in the regard of them being quote unquote modern day classics because they're the ones that are, uh, kind of taking a risk because that's what I've heard. I've heard the same thing, but I also feel like if I don't like it, I'm going to make so many people upset. So I'm kind of like postponing that for as long as possible. <laughs> don't, don't go into it based. Um, this is my recommendation for anyone else out there that has access to the haunting on Hill house. Um, don't go into it, expecting it to just kind of grip you right away. Don't, don't well, do that. It, it, it's a slow, it's a series. So I already know there's gonna be a lot yeah. of slow progressions and so on and so forth. No, well, yes and no kind of um don't go into it expecting it to just kind of like rip you out of your seat with the with the horror like go into it expecting a slow burn and you won't be disappointed it's my whole not if i am disappointed i'm blaming you (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not bad you're not gonna love the whole thing because i don't i don't love the whole thing i do love it but it's one of those ones where I'm kind of like it's a little nitpicky here and there to where I'm like, wait, how does that tie? Okay. This episode adds that. So, okay. So what about the, okay. That episode adds that it's just like, as I'm asking yeah, the my, questions, the, the main reason why I think I'm really excited is because I like how Flanagan shoots and like commands certain scenes of with his yep. directing and his guidance. Like he does such a good job with that. Like there's so many shots that like me and my wife just like praise on just how visually everything looks. Yeah, Even if it's like small, like five frame things or like a good two minute section, like just the way he he has his setup with the cinematography of like how that camera is, it's just positioning right. of everything is so good. Yeah. So that's why I'm like excited to it's just 
I'm the kind of person, again, if it's something popular and like 90% of the time in my head, it's already going to be bad. (laughs) I I will praise it for the fact that it does a combination of practical effects and CGI, but the CGI that they, the CGI that they do is not bad. It's uh, nothing, nothing like, uh, I hate to bring this up. I know this is a sore spot for you, but it's nothing like the thing too. Um, they're the prequel. Oh, the prequel and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's nothing so, like that. There's always a running gag with me and my wife when it comes to the, the prequel, the thing. Um, number one is always at the very end. She's just like, how come they cannot get a standard husky to look exactly the same from the first one? They're standard issues. And it's like, it's a standard issue husky. I did not realize that they had standard <laughs> issue huskies. <laughs> they have standard breeds, but it's a standard issued one. Everyone gets issued this husky. <laughs> like, where, where do I get the standard issue, issued husky? <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, yeah, no, the CG in that movie, it's fine for what it is. I understand it being in the movie, but like it is, I would rather have had my practical effects. It's not, it's not like the, how to, how to, how to describe this without giving if away spoilers. Want, the branching need, scene, the branching yeah. scene where he's like, yes. it's not like that. It's, 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 yeah. Like that's one of the things like uh, if you watch the behind the scenes ever mm-hmm. of the prequel, you get to see some of some of those animatronics and prosthetics and stuff, and it looks so good. But yeah, the director was all, "Oh no, it look, it looks too eighties." It's like that's what we wanted. Yeah, and that's kind of where he was like, "I realized I messed up after mm-hmm. it hit cinema." After it was done. Yeah, because I remember watching an interview on him. Uh, I I forgot what movie it was on. It wasn't on the thing too, but he was like, um, "Hey, like the interviewer was like, hey, if you could go back and." redo something <laughs> they were like hey can you if you would do, yeah it essentially in a sense but like i think the actual question was like um if you could go back and fix one of your one uh, something that you regret what would it be he's like oh the 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 thing too the the prequel he's like i would go back and reuse the animatronics over the cgi because it was because like by that time they had already spent the money on the animatronics and they and he actively chose not to use it not and it was like yeah. but why yeah, no, I, I I would agree with that as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, when, when we go back to like, even so with the classics and stuff like that, it's, <clears throat> there's just something more passionate, I still say about those ones compared to a lot more, because like, you get a lot of like joking movies like Sharknado and stuff that just yeah. do shit. Uh, but I, the love for the older films was yes. so much better, like, in my opinion, like, I just, yeah, they, they like- are appreciated by today's standards. Yes. Not in their time, though. In their time, it was like, you watch this, you a sinner, you a bad person. Yeah. Like, like, I think I think The Shining was one of those movies to where, like, again, this goes back on me being biased towards psychological horror (laughs) was was it that like and and Dr. Sleep later on confirms that it was the ghost. This isn't a spoiler or anything like that. That's it's a I think it's a 40 year old book. So (laughs) it's older than that. But yeah, I get you. But um like the shining was like that is it jack going crazy or is it him actually seeing the ghosts it turns out it was the hotel as itself the hotel itself was evil but and like doc again dr sleep confirms this please don't shoot the messenger on this instance it's a it's a 40 50 year old book and uh you can you can read the shining and dr sleep i've seen him today at books a million <laughs> again not sponsored but if books a million wanted to do a sponsorship I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, like um the shining the shining in, in its time, I remember there was like a protest about the scene where he he stabbed the the gardener or the, no, I'm sorry, not the gardener, the groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. Because he came to rescue 
little uh what was the kid's name billy i think it was uh, billy i don't know it's been years since i've seen the shining and i haven't seen dr sleep yet dr sleep is it's a good movie um it does a lot of practical effects like it did in the first one and it like brings out some of it will actually i think about a solid 99 percent of the movie is entirely practical effects makeup and stuff like that um that, like i said that's not the main thing that will sell me on a film but like i i do love knowing that because again biasism yeah. is like i love practical effects i like seeing yes obviously they're fake things but like a fake thing really alive in a sense like the animatronics yeah. of Jurassic park sets and stuff like that like that stuff to me that brings me joy the original the original guy in the uh alien suit yeah being an actual guy in a suit is like it's a real thing but it's not real in, in that sense <laughs> like yeah just knowing that there's a suit or an animatronic that's like that same with um uh american wolf in london where they have the upper body piece of the wolf pretty much as an animatronic to move it in certain areas in certain ways yeah and that one was groundbreaking that one was groundbreaking as far as like werewolf movies because we got a break away from the wolf man because we had just come fresh off of uh oh god what was that Uh, if we're talking werewolf movies i think it was the brood uh, or no the brood came out after werewolf in london i'm sorry yeah, because Werewolf in London is like 74, I think, or 76. Yeah, so we got, uh, so we were just fresh off of the Wolfman, essentially. Well, Wolfman was like 19, well, well, depends on which Wolfman we're talking about. If we're talking about the OG one, I think it is like 33. I'm a, I'm a fucking with that the, now because it's going to bug the one that The one that came out in, like, I think it was like 66 that was supposed to be a retelling of the OG. Where it actually had like sound and stuff. Because I think the original one did yeah, come out. Yeah, because 41 was... Glory one, 41, I was right. 41, because that was Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney Sr. was in uh, Phantom of the Opera, which was 1926 or 27. Now, the original Phantom of the Opera, I liked because they actually made him look disfigured. I didn't like... I well, like the Lon Chaney Sr.'s makeup effects. That was that's yeah. one of the things that made me love it. He like envisioned that, and that terrified a shitload of people. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I like I, I I like the fact that like it was again like like I'm I'm a big just like Miz I'm a big practical effects type of guy where it's like oh hey uh, this severed arm is gonna spray blood and the blood is gonna be you know syrup but it's mm. still gonna be practical effects yeah yeah it's effective. I mean like chocolate syrup was Alfred Hitchcock's thing but yeah back then you wouldn't even known. What what was the movie that I watched where it was like I forget what it was that was like really bloody, but it was like they used uh the corn syrup, the clear corn syrup with a little bit of food dye. I wanna say that was American Werewolf in Paris. I don't remember. But I know which one you're talking about. Uh but yeah, it, it when it comes to like like the howling is one that I know a lot of people praise more than anything. I I, I forget about the howling. Like I'm not a fan of the howling. Apparently the uh, it was eighty one actually is when American Wolf London was in. Um, the howling it is considered the better transformation. I just don't like how it looks visually personally. Yeah, that's all. Sound effect wise was great. Everything else is fine with it. It's just I prefer American Wolf in London. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. It wasn't the brood. I'm sorry. It was howling. But like um, the one thing I the one thing that I actually love is if you can get your hands on the director's cut of American Werewolf in London, they show the uh, the stunt coordinator trying mm-hmm. on the torso 
and he's like he's like a five foot he's like five foot five or five foot six you know he's a shorter dude and he's trying on this thing that's supposed to be well over seven feet tall and all you can see is like his eyeballs and his legs and then the arms are just like t-posing essentially it looks hilarious it does but it's fantastic oh my god so good and big and um big thing i didn't know until i watched a documentary on uh practical effects in in hollywood i think that was the name of the documentary i could be wrong and they went into like horror movies comedies everything and uh they were talking about how they get realistic looking hair for like animatronics and and prosthetics i did not know that was yak hair in a lot of instances Mm -hmm. because it's hypoallergenic and it doesn't itch yeah, it's fantastic to use. I mean, most of the things that have like hair in any way, shape or form that aren't like uh, like fuzzy fuzz, but like actual hair hair, like a big Bigfoot or something like that. American World yeah. in London, anything that's like furry like that. They, they use a lot of yak hair because it grows fast. It's very easy to work with and not have a lot of issues. Yeah. And it's and it's super fine, too. So that way you can have it be as furry or as hairy as Clean possible and sleek. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And I think an American werewolf in London was one of the progenitors, I want to say, for using the yak hair on like practical effects that I don't know. I know a lot of things about that movie, but that I don't know. I think they, I think they used yak hair for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that real quick. But yeah, like I like practical effects for me go a long way in movies, whereas um, that's why I, I like I like psychological horrors because it's hard, very hard to flub up anything that has to do with psychological. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, especially in today's standards, I mean, there's a Mm -hmm. lot more movies that are really focused around the mental health and or uh, mental psyche a lot more. I mean, Mm -hmm. smile is a prime example for me of one of them. Um, There's a lot of them that are just really, really good. And I think the way they are doing it, shooting it and uh, telling certain stories with it, it just is is so, so good. Especially by today's standards. And they, uh, like and I, I keep praising, I keep saying Oculus is is a good example of a psychological horror, but it really is. Yeah, no, I was gonna say like uh, Oculus is a very good example of like the psychological horror along with the paranormal, like blended so close together. Yeah, being able to like tell that story it is done very very well, and it's not like your typical, hey, uh, this thing found us. It's like they searched for it so they could destroy or she could destroy it. And yeah. it was like, hey, you're helping me close this family secret and or this family tragedy and so on and so forth. But it's done so well to the point where it's like it's constantly guessing. It's like, is it them? Is it the mirror? Like, what's going on here? Like, and the, the, just that mindset of running of everything is so good. Yep. Yep. It was like it, it, it played it played well in and of itself. I kind of wish we would have gotten a part two. But I'm glad I'm, we did it. I'm glad we. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say I'm, we, I'm glad we didn't. I'm, I love that start middle of everything to the end like everything they did with that was great i'm happy with how it is mm-hmm. a sequel i feel like would kind of just do a whole new family or just try and continue their story which i don't think would be as good honestly for us for a sequel since we got so much of the back and since we got so much of the general story of the mirror from that I would have liked to seen the sequel actually be a prequel of how the mirror came to be if done right. If it was the same team, yeah, same writers and everything that did it. What? Like a hundred, 140 years or something like that. Cause it's like in the like late 1800s, early 1900s that the mirror was, or it's like 1700s, something like that. It's an old ass mirror. 
but like they yeah. start recording the deaths in like the early 1900s and stuff like i i i'm also on the fence like i don't really personally like prequels as much because i rather see Fair. what we get and then continue as opposed to like this is what we got oh wait let's do a background story for whatever fucking reason i, I get tired of that personally but that's just me that's my take on things i know a lot of people like prequels a lot of people want to know background stories and so on and so forth yeah i um i do i I do like backstories on certain things because like i'm like aside from being a psychological type of horror guy i do like having um lore like i'm i'm a lore fanatic when when it comes to certain aspects like uh video games comic books <laughs> uh, me, it depends on the game itself kind of thing but no i yeah. agree lore does make a lot of great things but that's also the thing with lore is like piecing together your own story like the yeah. FromSoft games are a prime example of that <laughs> yeah I, ha- I have to agree even destiny is a prime example of that like they give you kind of a a to b storyline but you want to know more in depth you got to do all read. your weeklies and all these other things to find these pages to read these pages to get the ba- the full story in a sense yeah because that's how i found out about um I'm I'm sorry. There's a lot of scary shit in Destiny. There really is. But oh, yeah. that's I, that's I, how I found out about Dragon and Dragon Dragon Yor with the rose or in the thorn. I, I haven't. I, I'm still trying to catch up on Destiny. Where I've been out of the loop for like uh, eight years. <laughs> hey, don't feel bad. I, I'm so far behind. It's it, like a lot of it doesn't make sense I to me anymore. I finished like the Witch Queen like a couple months ago, and I haven't been back to the game since. <laughs> I'm still doing the Witch Queen. I haven't played it since we played it. But but yeah, yeah like uh. I, I like lore as in as in the sense of hey it helps add to the story and I feel like if we got a little bit more lore for Oculus I think that would be a good continuation of the movie but I don't it, think it they would, would need to go any further but that's the thing too is like how much would you got to kind of have like a, a how long for a movie sake or for like hey if we do a sequel we can do that as the intro throw in the first movie and then do the sequel kind of thing. Like there's a lot of ways you could do it, but it's like, yeah, I, I, that's what makes the, the unknown much better. In my opinion is because your imagination does more of that aspect. And you're like, fuck. I, I like the fact that it was, it, it was strong enough to be a standalone film. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things I love about it. And you know, it would like, be kind of like if they, if they try to do, a sequel to black phone like no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna avoid spoilers but it would be kind of like a it'd be kind of like if they tried to do that whereas black phone by itself was a good standalone it movie passed. oh my god it, that was my movie of 21 i loved that movie but yeah it's no, good it's really good that were saying uh the sequel or like if they wanted to do a sequel like i would be like i'd love to see the the um the characters like continue on with like uh well i really can't even say anything uh yeah because i'm trying to avoid spoilers yeah uh but uh just know that like i think a sequel will not be as good uh i'll just leave it at that but like the movie itself as a one shot as as it is is fantastic fantastic oh yeah since the past five years that's probably like been my favorite in in all honesty i I would consider that one to be a modern day classic because it tried something new it was a psychological it was a supernatural in an aspect and it was a real life horror situation like, oh, like, yeah. like this could yeah, happen in anywhere America real, <laughs> that probably already has happened. Uh, but yeah, no, fantastic, fantastic. Fair. film. Love that movie. And like I like uh, what was it? I I'm on a I'm on a subreddit in in well, Reddit, but <laughs> I'm on a subreddit in Facebook, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a many of those. 
Yeah, I'm I'm on a subreddit that's uh it's like r slash horror films where like people just talk about horror films constantly, and mm-hmm. when Black Phone came out or a little bit after it wasn't like right after it was when it was uh, still in theaters it was getting ready to come out of theaters and go and go into uh, uh, post production Blu-rays and all that fun stuff and uh, someone commented and they were like well what if we got a prequel with the backstory of all the kids I was like and my, my thought was we already got that in the movie you get you, you get that yeah. in the movie if you pay attention and that's not a spoiler alert that's just a big that's a fact you that's like literally the first things you see but yeah. um if if quote unquote i wanted any background story it'd be about you know the, the character the main villain in the movie but at the mm-hmm. same time it's like that's one of the brilliance of it is like you don't know him and that makes yeah. it that more terrifying the less you know the better that's one of those things where like i said minimalistic uh info is so effective yeah yeah, I have to agree is because it's like one of those things where it's like if they did it, if they if they messed up on this aspect of it, it would have thrown the whole movie off. Whereas yeah, like it's also like not everybody needs a reason to be doing these things. That's one of the things I love about horror. It's like the less you know, the better in that instance. Like yeah, maybe they're just completely crazy and they want to do this. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like I like a, per, a perfect a perfect example of that in in classic is honestly the Halloween franchise. Why was mm-hmm. Michael killing? Nobody knows. He does. He never told anybody his motive. You don't and, even talk really. And it's the same thing with uh, even Norman Bates. Like he yeah. has his own reasons for doing it, but like it's like that bipolarism of it, where he's like, "I'm Norman right now, being this nice, friendly person. Then at night, I become this killer." <laughs> and see, that's why. I, that's actually why I like the uh, original Psycho and American Psycho was because of the fact that it was such an unassuming character and it had that that plot twist of like it was norman the whole time he was just his mother and you're like sitting there and you're like uh that's mm, that's a little crazy it's a little little out there yeah no exactly it's just it's effective it's simple yet effective Mm -hmm. and like we were talking about also before we started recording it's like the trend on tiktok right now very static horror and very old school elements are making a comeback because like people Mm -hmm. on tiktok are doing very very good horror little short one shots or stories or anything like that and it's very very classic horror and it's done so well and yeah. it still terrifies people to this day because it's super unsettling, it's super uncomfortable. Those original, like older effects, again, like what I was talking about with the silent films, they had no real audio cues or like sound effects with it. It's just mostly music, and you yeah. see the picture moving, and then words pop up. Like that's where like Nosferatu or um, like a fan of the opera, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Uh, Caligari are like just super effective with mm-hmm. just their visuals and it's super unsettling super uncomfortable it's great it's fantastic and i forget which director this was a trope of this was an older this was an older director but he wouldn't show the monster quote unquote until close to the end of the movie and it was kind of like uh it was a, it was like a trope of his he i he passed away sometime in the 80s i can't remember his name but that was like his big thing was that he would never show the actual monster until like the very end of the movie and like i've seen a belt to me but uh, i could be mistaken on a lot of things with that after again i forget who it was i'm gonna google it real quick um scroll back up and and another another more modern day classic that actually doesn't get the praise i think it deserves is 13 ghosts 
because like there's i'm i'm on that opposite i think it gets too much praise i fucking i prefer the original 13 ghost uh back Fair. in i think it was like the 40s or 50s that's Fair. me personally i know the late 90s or early 2000s whenever it came out with um matthew lillard and all of them uh it's fine i just didn't mm-hmm. care for it i don't like it and then everyone's like we need backstories on the ghosts it's like that's the brilliance of it is you just know there's 13 ghosts that were fucking tortured and shitty people and or whatever well, and now they're trying to repent and everything it's just not my movie though i i there, can't there was a there was a, um a director there was a director's extended cut blu-ray version of the uh of the 13 ghosts with matthew lillard that actually had the backstories of all the ghosts and mm. um like it it told you about all of them like like the 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 great child and the dying and the, and the dying mother, or uh, I can't remember all the ghosts, but it tells you I all of their backstories enough to care. But yeah, no, I, I get that. And, and like people just don't people, people want it in the form of a movie instead of it being a part of the movie. That was, well, I, the, the me, was good. I feel also uh, the, for me, the thing I feel when it comes to like a lot of people wanting more information and stuff like that, mm-hmm. either a, don't fully pay attention. No offense to anybody. Or two, yeah. they just want more of that world, but then they get more of that world and they're disappointed with it because it wasn't their version or how they wanted it. That's usually how those things turn out, in my opinion. I, I use um, like the Alien franchise as an example. Like everyone loves Alien, Aliens. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it for Alien Three. And uh... oh my God, what was the fourth one? Uh, anyway. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but then do you do you see scott do the um the prometheus series into alien covenant i thought it was fantastic a lot of people didn't and that's I like, it's like but, but like again for most people it's like my vision didn't see david doing this my yeah. vision was x y and z it's like but he's not done with the story but there's again it, it is what it is but that's a prime example of people want more of it they get more of it they're disappointed because it wasn't their way yeah and that's that, why I don't want to see more of like 13 Ghosts because I was already like eh, towards it and getting more of it. I'm already, eh, but I know a lot of people would enjoy it, but would also shit on it because it's not the way they wanted it. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like it was fine. I was, I feel like it was fine with the original. I feel like it was fine with the remake. And we are having technical issues, but it's still recording. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm seeing that stutter a lot. But yeah, it's getting close to quitting time. Uh, but yeah, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll end this up uh, on on this last thought. I think that both were fine in their own respective right. I wouldn't want a individual franchise to be telling of how all 13 ghosts came to be. Like if they were to do anything like that, I would just want to see the black Bible, how, how it was, how it was derived. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But um, we'll be ending this now. We're going to end with Grizz's question. Um, loves. So uh, for Aristoop Grizz on Twitter, he asked, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about the Bell Witch of Appalachia, which is going to be uh, we've we've already predetermined the next episode, which is going to be the uh, blah, 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 which was folklore and um, oh, no, we said uh, was supernatural it, entities, supernatural. That's what it was. That's right. Yeah. Supernatural entities is going to be the next. Oh, there goes the stutter. Yep. <laughs> Supernatural entities is going to be the next uh, episode. So Grizz, we will be answering your question then. Stay tuned for that because uh, classic horror. We could go on for literally days on the topic 
because mm-hmm. I'm a classic horror fan. Miz is a classic horror fan. And there's just so, so many to choose from. Modern day, oh, old school. So much to choose from. Like, and I think we barely even touched the surface. So I, it, it's one of those things that we could go on for literal days about. Oh, yeah, for sure. So well, I, I think that'll be all for this one. <laughs> yeah. Because let us let us know your thoughts. Uh, what what you consider to be horror classics. They can be modern day. They can be yeah. old school, whatever you prefer. Honestly, your definition could be different from ours. But as long as it falls into that same category, what's your favorite like classic or modern classic or anything like that? Because there's there's a huge list of that. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, but from me uh, until next time. See you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.